Hey kids! St. Paul kids! I found a couple of kids who are going to help me with the children's message today. You want to introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Susanna. Hi, my name is Amos. And um, tell us, what what are we you standing beside? What's in between you? We are standing... Um, we, what's in between us is the things we made for our dolls out of cardboard. Oh, well, Amos, why don't you start? What's this over here? This is Susanna's kitchen she made. Okay, and then what's in the middle? This is Amos's kitchen he made. Oh. This is our toilet that we made, and then the flap can open up. <laughs> awesome. That's great. And you said it's made out of cardboard, right? Yeah. And who made it? Me and Amos. Cool. Now, there's a story uh, of Jesus telling his disciples that I go to prepare a place for you. And who have you prepared this place for? Leah and Bobamus. Who are Leah and Bobamus? They're our American, American dolls. Okay. What do you call it when you play here with your dolls? We call it, um, it's like, um, it's when we pretend like they're our kids. Uh-huh. And we're their um, mom and dad. Yeah, mom and dad. Now this Sunday is also Mother's Day. You know about that, right? Uh-huh. Um, how does how does Mama prepare a place for us here to live? She makes um, us food, and she she washes our um, sheets when we need them to be washed. <laughs> uh huh. Anything else, Amos? How does Mama prepare a place? Um. For our birthdays, which is on Mother's Day, is my sister Susanna's birthday. We're going to have a, t a Harry Potter take oh. for Susanna. Yeah, and you think Mama's going to make that? Yeah. With me. Uh-huh. Well, just like you made a place for Bobamus and Leah, and Mama makes a place for us, Jesus makes a place for us and promises to come back and get us and bring us to that place where we can be with Jesus, where we will know that we are loved and we will be safe. Doesn't that sound pretty great? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we usually go right from here into sharing the peace with everybody. You want to help me share the peace with everybody? So um, put your arms out like you're going to give a big hug. All right, and the peace of Christ be with you always. And also, also with you. Bye. 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 The Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After washing their feet, after Judas left, after Jesus predicted Peter's denial, Jesus said, Do not, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. 
In my father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you trust that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you now I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Trust me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then trust me because of the works themselves. Really, I'm telling you, the one who trusts in me will do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified with the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So here I am sitting on my front stoop, um, reflecting on what it means for Jesus to prepare a place for us. Here is a place that Christ has prepared for us, my family, me. You know, when I hear Jesus say that, and um, what I hear Jesus say is that it's a place in life that's on the other side of death. A place in, in reorder on the other side of disorder. A place in joy on the other side of grief. A place in health on the other side of sickness. A place found on the other side of lost. Maybe that place in the midst of life in the midst of death, found in the midst of lost. You know, I think about so many other places that when I look back, I see that Jesus prepared them for me. And there, when I was in college, there was this, uh, uh, well, there's a t-shirt, Ithaca is gorgeous. That's where the place where I went to school is called Ithaca. And there were these gorges on either side of the campus. And um, I lived uh, right on the other side of one gorge to get into campus. And every morning I would walk across a suspension bridge um, across this gorge. And it was probably, I don't know, you know, 80 feet deep um, with this uh, big, wide, but shallow stream at the bottom. Um, and a lot of times I would just walk down the path that went along the side, past the bridge, down into the bottom of the gorge. And 
everything just disappeared. You know, it was just the stream and the gorge and the trees, the sound of the water. And, you know, that was a place that got me through. Um, my senior year was when 9-11 happened. Uh, my senior year was when my parents separated. And I spent a lot of time in that gorge. You know, I look back and there's like everywhere um, and at every time in my life, there's a place, a place that was a special connection place, a place of solitude, a place of friendship. Um, I remember when I, uh, after I, I moved from college, I went to California. I went to work and live in Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park. Um, it's kind of like the uh, lesser-known sibling of, of Yosemite, south of Yosemite. And um, it was just such a beautiful place among the sequoia trees and in the mountains. And um, I worked at the front desk of this hotel, you know. So I guess in a way I was preparing a place for others while they stayed in Sequoia Kings Canyon. And I could walk from the lodge where I worked up to the little village where the uh, employees lived. And I could keep walking up a few switchbacks across the ridge, and then there was this whole valley was laid out uh, in front. And that also was such a, a beautiful place. And I moved from there to Chicago, and um, that was a bit of a shock because there were no mountains there in Chicago. <laughs> no giant sequoia trees, barely any trees at all. Uh, but there was people, you know, a community there that I could not have anticipated how much that community would mean to me. And and there was also the lake, the one of the greatest lakes that I would go to. Um, these places where I could connect with my deepest self and connect with God and be with others um, who I knew loved me, cared about me, um, place where I belonged. I don't know if you have that same experience. I hope that you do. Uh, when you look back and see places in your life that um, have been special places where God has been with you. Hopefully you're in one of those places now. Maybe you can see how even in the midst of this pandemic, there is a place um, for you uh, that Christ has prepared and come and brought you there. You know, this is a metaphor, a place. When Jesus says, I prepare a place for you, um, when Jesus says, I am the way, um, it's a metaphor for a relationship, you know, that ultimately doesn't have a physical, tangible place. Um, but that even in the absence of Jesus, there is a presence, there is a relationship, a relationship of love, of intimacy, of... Um, uh, a dependable relationship that's the place and so when when who was it Thomas first who said how how can we we don't even know where you're going how can we know the way um, Jesus says I am the way meaning it's the relationship meaning um, Christ is the journey and the destination um, boy the relationship that gets us through. You know, I 
maybe you you've seen you've you've probably heard of the the poem footprints in the sand and seen that image of a single line of footprints and you know doesn't that say a whole lot about how um, how one-sided that relationship can sometimes be um, and the way Jesus talks about it it is blessedly so you know it's not that we we don't follow Jesus um, and find that place where he's at he prepares it comes back and brings us to himself that's what Jesus said so that there's no um, that there's no uh, the initiative is Jesus's uh, it is God who does this thing and not us I want to read to you one of the places that's been prepared for me is a is a podcast um, uh, by James Finley um, he uh, it's called turning to the mystics and he's been using Thomas Merton and uh, these these words uh, he from uh, Thomas Merton's book New Seeds of Contemplation um, were uh, a, a, a place a starting point um, and I just want to share them with you uh, <clears throat> I'll ask excuse me because uh, it's sort of long and uh, on the other hand uh, it's, this writing is full of uh, sexist language but I hope uh, I trust that if Merton were writing today it would be much more inclusive Every one of us is shadowed by an illusory person, a false self. This is the man I want myself to be, but who cannot exist because God does not know anything about him. And to be unknown of God is altogether too much privacy. My false and private self is the one who wants to exist outside the reach of God's will outside of the reach of God's love, outside of reality and outside of life. And such a self cannot help but be an illusion. We are not very good at recognizing illusions, least of all the ones we cherish about ourselves, the ones we are born with and which feed the roots of sin. But the secret of my true identity is hidden in the love and the mercy of God. But whatever is in God is really identical with, with God. For God's infinite simplicity admits no division and no distinction. Therefore, I cannot hope to find myself anywhere except in Him. Ultimately, the only way that I can be myself is to become identified with Him in whom is hidden the reason and the fulfillment of my existence. Therefore, there is only one problem on which all of my existence, my peace, and my happiness depend, to discover myself in discovering God. If I find him, I will find myself. And if I find my true self, I will find him. But although this looks simple, it is in reality immensely difficult. In fact, if I am left to myself, it will be utterly impossible. Because although I can know something of God's existence and nature by my own reason, there is no human and rational way in which I can arrive at that contact 
that possession of him, which will be the discovery of who he really is and of who I am in him. That is something that no man can ever do alone, nor can all the men and all the created things and all the universe help him in this work. The only one who can teach me to find God is God himself alone. Thomas Merton. Now, I don't know if that resonates with you in the same way it resonates with me as a, as a way of unfolding and unpacking what it means when Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, I find that I live on a busy street. I find that, you know, the place, the places that Jesus has prepared for me that I look back and that have been the way through death and into life, into a new life, into resurrection, there's always a leaving behind of false self, of that shadow. And I just resonate so much with the very end of what Merton said in terms of Jesus saying, I will come again and I will take you to myself. And I think the deepest struggle of this or of any time is to trust, is to trust God. Um, you know, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. And the disciples had good reason to trust. I mean, here they knew how dangerous it was for them to be in Jerusalem where they were. Um, they had just walk, watched one of their own walk out on Jesus. They had heard Jesus say one of them would betray Jesus, deny ever knowing him. They were there at what probably seemed like the end of everything they'd been working for, uh, the end of everything they'd hoped for. You know, troubled hearts, that's probably putting it lightly. But the invitation is the same for us and in these times to leave behind what is false, both in ourselves and outside of ourselves, to seek what is true, our truest self, and what is true um, beyond us, and to let God teach us the way as only God can teach us the way. And God will, God will. Jesus has prepared the place for us on the other side of this pandemic, on the other side of this social distancing, um, on the other side of our fear. And Christ will come again and take us um, to where he is so that we don't have to face this danger alone. You know, I don't know yet when or what it will be like when we come back together uh, in person. But I do know what God has promised. And let me close today with a, with a prayer. This is actually Thomas Merton's prayer, but um, again speaks so much to the promises that we've just heard Jesus make. Let's pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. 
I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may never know anything about it. Therefore, I will trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, because you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Amen, and thanks be to God.